Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. So if you remember from last week, we looked at and we talked about this man named Diotrephes who was not a good person to imitate. He was not a good leader. He actually was a bad leader. Tonight, what John does in these remaining verses is he contrasts Diotrephes with a man that we will see here in verse number 12 named Demetrius. The call, in essence, tonight is don't be Diotrephes, be Demetrius. And we know this because John calls this man Gaius to imitate good. And he uses Demetrius as an example of this good. Just as he used Diotrephes as an example of bad, don't imitate this man. He uses Demetrius as an example of good, a good example for Gaius to follow. So let's read verse 11 through verse number 14. And we will kind of break apart what John is saying here. He says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. So, what does John mean when he says, follow that not which is evil? What did we look at last week? Diotrephes, and he was evil, right? So, John says, Beloved, don't do what I just told you about. Follow that not which Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, we also bear a record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write. But I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be with thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. If you remember Second John, you will notice a lot of similarities. Again, this is another reason why some scholars believe that John wrote both of these letters around the same time because he says in the end of 2 John, if you want to look over there, verse number 12, he says, Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. So he is speaking here in this text saying that he is going to come. And again, we have reason to believe that John is likely writing these letters at the same time. But what does John do in the text that we read tonight? The first thing that we read coming out of verse number 9 and verse number 10 with this bad example of Diotrephes and this bad example of leadership and this bad example of what it means to display Christ to others John gives us a call 
to imitate that which is good. He says there, follow that, follow not that which is evil, but follow, imitate that which is good. And that's what the word that he uses there for follow means. It means to imitate. Just like, and I know many, many of us have probably seen this happen. I'm old enough at this point that I have seen it happen in my own life, but we've seen our children who we will wear certain things or do certain things and they will imitate those things. Mainly when they're younger. When they're older, they don't want to imitate you anymore. But when they're younger, you may walk in and one of them will have on your hat or your shoes, something along those lines. They are trying to imitate what you are doing. A lot of times, even children will say what they want to do when they grow up is what their father or their mother does. They're imitating what they're seeing because what they're seeing, they believe to be good. They're, in a sense, if we can use this phrase, they're following in the footsteps of their parents. And what John is saying, he said, don't imitate. Don't follow in the footsteps. Don't pattern your life after this man named Diotrephes, and after what he is doing, don't pattern your life after him. Don't imitate him. Rather, imitate, follow, pattern yourself after that which is good. When John here tells us not to imitate or follow that which is evil, again, in the context He's speaking directly to Gaius and the church that is here not to follow and imitate Diotrephes. In the context, he's not just saying a blank statement that we just pull out and take and we read it without its context. He literally tells them not to follow, not to imitate what he has just told them is wrong. We're not imitating a hostile attitude. Rather, we are called to imitate, to follow a hospitable attitude. And I just alliterated that in the, in the split of the moment right here, so you're welcome. But we are called to imitate that which is good. If we want to break this down and kind of get to where the rubber meets the road, don't imitate, don't follow in the footsteps of, don't pattern your life after anyone who puts themselves first rather than putting Christ first. Anyone who diminishes the work of the cross so that you can see them instead. Anyone who puts a price tag on the grace of God saying you have to do things like me or you have to be like me. Don't imitate that. Because if we're going to do that which is good, if we're going to follow after that which is good, if we're going to imitate that which is good, we're going to imitate Christ ultimately. That's even what Paul says, does he not? He said, follow me, imitate me as I follow Christ, as I imitate Christ. What Paul was not saying and what John is not saying here is to pattern your life after a person. 
That's where we can get caught up sometimes. We can hear someone say, follow me as I follow Christ. And they, what they're saying is, do what I do, go where I go, wear what I wear, do the activities that I do, don't do the activities that I don't do. That's what they are saying. But when Paul says that, and when John says that here, even though he has given us an example of that which is bad, and he is going to give us an example of someone that is good, we're ultimately patterning and looking at the grace of God at the cross after the heart of Jesus. And we talked about this last week. What is the heart of Christ? It is love. It is meekness. It is lowliness. It is a call for people to rest in his sufficient work. A following after that which is good ultimately is a following after the gospel. A following after the person and the work of Christ. Basically, we're not trusting in ourselves. We're not imitating someone who trusts in themselves, but rather we are imitating a complete reliance on Christ. Geographies said, pay attention to me. What John is saying is don't let that type of imitation distract you from those who are telling you to pay attention to Jesus. So we see this first, this explanation not to follow, not to imitate that which is evil. But he says, follow, imitate that which is good. And again, Paul, I'm doing it again, John here is not saying that we are following a set of moral codes when he says imitate that which is good. He's not saying that we are following or we are imitating a specific standard that has been set out. One reason we know that is because John did not follow that standard perfectly. Nor did any of the other, the apostles. And I'm here to remind us all tonight that we don't either. Who did? Jesus Christ did. So, if we imitate a moral code, if we imitate some specific standard, if we imitate the law, what are we going to find? We're going to find failure. What we're also going to find on one side is failure, but on the other side is pride. Because if we're imitating the law, then we're doing better than someone who is not. And where did we see last week that pride leads us? Pride leads us to diatrophies. Pride leads us to rebellion. What John is saying here is to imitate, to follow that which is good. Who is good? Jesus said, don't call me good. There's only one good, and that's God. If the man asking the question would have realized who Jesus was, he would have understood what Jesus was saying to him. Jesus was saying, you don't believe I'm God, so don't call me good. 
one day, if you ever believe that I'm God, you'll be able to call me good, and you'll be able to understand what I'm here doing for you. But we're to imitate or to follow that which is good. If we were to turn over to the book of 1 John, and if you want to, you can. 1 John chapter number 3 and verse number 30, or verse number 23 says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That is what John says. If we want to follow Christ, what will we, what will we be doing? We'll be believing and loving. That's what we've been given to do. If we're following, if we're imitating that which is good, we are imitating what Christ has told us to do. And what Christ has told us to do from the lips of the Apostle John is to believe on him and love other people. There's a reason that in the book of 1 John that John says his commandments are not grievous. They're not difficult. They're not hard. Do you know why? Because these are his commandments. These are what we're following. We're believing on Christ and we're loving one another. And here's the beauty of that. How does John say that we love? We see that he first loved us. We believe him. It produces the love. It's even easier than we think it is. We look at Christ, we follow him, we imitate him, and by imitating him, he works in us everything that he wants to see done. And to these people that John was writing this epistle to, he was calling them to hospitality, was he not? He was calling them to loving one another, was he not? So for following that which is good... If we're going to be able to imitate these things that John is commending Gaius to do, then we're going to do that by believing on Christ again and again and over and over. And we're going to watch that produce things in us. We're going to watch that burden bearing in us. We're going to watch that love come through us because we are not trying to muster up something in ourselves, rather we are going to be reflecting the one who is good, and that is Christ. John continues on in verse number 11. He says, He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. What we don't read here. <clears throat> is he that doeth good will eventually become good and you can follow him. What we read here is that which is good, which we're called to follow after, is of God. Because if you're following after this, you're following after God. He that doeth good is of God. What John is saying here is, The ones that you look around and you see doing good, they're doing good because they have seen God. They are believing God. Their belief in God is producing in them that which is good. 
part of the problem with Diotrephes is not necessarily that Diotrephes was unsaved. We're not told that Diotrephes was not a believer. What we're told is that he had forgotten who he was. He may have been an unbeliever. We don't know. I've never talked to the man. But whether or not he was a believer, he had forgotten that Christ was to be preeminent. And he had put himself in the place of Christ, in the place of preeminence. And because he had put himself in the place of preeminence, when people looked at him, they did not see God. They saw Diotrephes. He that doeth good is of God. It's, it's interesting to note that the phrase here, doing good, is the only time that John ever mentions it. In anything that John wrote that we have recorded, this phrase, doing good here in verse number 11, he that doeth good, it's the only time he writes it. And the reason that that's interesting is he writes it directly in the section where he has said to follow Christ. What John is doing is he is equating and he is encouraging his believers here in this text that if they want to do good, then they will do good by following good. They're not doing good to follow good. They're not doing good to follow God. But he's saying if you follow God, the good comes. Does that make sense? We're not working good up in us so that we can follow God, so that we can be spiritual, so that we can be saints. Rather, when we see Christ for who he is and we follow after him, it creates the good in us. The horse goes before the cart, not the cart before the horse. He goes on to say here, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Again, what's interesting about what John says here? Does John say he doesn't know God? Does John say he's never heard of God? What does John say? He has not seen God. What's the problem in our life when we are found doing evil? We're not looking at God. We're not seeing God. We're not seeing Christ for who he is. Because when we see Christ for who he is, and we see what he's done, and we're reminded of that, it produces good in us. John is not being complicated in his phrasing here. John is explicitly telling us, if you're doing evil, look at Jesus again. He doesn't even say if you're doing evil, stop it. Because telling them to stop it is not going to fix the problem. I may be reading too much into the text, but what John says when he gets to Diotrephes, he says, I'm going to talk to him face to face. 
We're going to have a discussion about this. Verse number 11 almost makes me think that the discussion that John was going to have with Diotrephes wasn't so much, you stupid person, what are you doing? It was, come here, Diotrephes, you miss Christ. You've totally missed the point. So we see John in the middle of these two contrasts, in the middle of Diotrephes and Demetrius, he explains to us the thrust of everything that he's trying to say. Follow Christ. When you follow Christ, when you see Christ, when you believe Christ, it's going to produce good. If you're doing evil, you haven't seen Christ. So go back to the start and start again. And every time that you find yourself doing evil, and I know this is going to surprise y'all, but we are habitual sinners. We may look at ourselves and think we're doing pretty good, but <laughs> when I look at myself and think I'm doing pretty good, that's the sin of pride that is habitually springing up in me. It's easy for us to check off the outward things, but we habitually have pride. We habitually lie, even to our own selves. We habitually deal with these sins. And the call of this apostle John to Gaius and the church there was to stop looking at yourself. Because when you look at yourself, you end up like Diotrephes. What did he say? He loved it to have preeminence because he loved himself. Because he was looking at himself. And he was doing such a good job and these other people wouldn't. So he was pushing the people out of the church that wasn't doing a good job like he was. Because they were bringing people who wasn't doing a good job like him into their house. So let's take our eyes off of ourselves, Place it back on Christ. When we see evil in our life. And if you don't see it, God bless you. Maybe you should be reading the law again. Maybe you need the law read to you until you start to see it again. Because when we see evil in us, it's a surefire sign that we have not seen God. We're not looking at Christ. We're looking at ourselves again. So John does this. He gives us this call to imitate that which is good, to follow that which is good. And then in verse 12, he gives us an example of this. Just like he gave us an example of what not to do, he's going to give us an example of what to do. He says, Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. John is saying, Demetrius... Everybody says good things about him. He's got a good rapport among everybody. But he doesn't just stop there. He says he's got a good report of the truth itself. We're going to get into what John means there. John said, yes, that and I'm telling you that he's got a good report. And you believe me. So if you don't believe everybody else. And you can't even see with your own eyes that he's got a good report. Believe me. You can believe me, guys. Demetrius has a good report. 
And he stops there. So, if we're going to kind of break apart this man named Demetrius, what are the likely things that we can find from this man's life? Number one, if we're going to characterize what somebody worthy of imitation is, because we did that with with Diotrephes, did we not? We characterize what bad leadership looks like from this man, Diotrephes. So let's see what good characteristics are that we can find from this man, Demetrius. Number one, he had the commendation from other people. (coughs) Other people looked at this man, Demetrius, and they had good things to say about Demetrius. If we were to look in the book of 1 Timothy, we did this last week. We looked at 1 Timothy. We saw that someone who is a bishop, someone who is leading, is to be hospitable, correct? Yes. One of the other qualifications that we see for someone who is to be leading is that those outside are to speak well of them. You don't want somebody leading the church that the whole town thinks is a just a bad guy because that messes up the ability for the church to reach those. If they see the bad guy leading the church, they are not going to have anything to do with the people of the church, correct? Okay, so we see this man, and he is vouched for by the people around him. Not only that, he is vouched for by the apostle John. So John says, everybody around him says, he's a good guy. I'm telling you, he is a good guy. It is likely that Demetrius is even the one that is bringing the letter to Gaius. And there's also evidence that Demetrius will go on to be the pastor of the church at Philadelphia. The church that is commended in the book of the Revelation. When the angel is written to, the the leader of that church is written a letter by Jesus. He has a lot of good things to say about this man who's leading the church at Philadelphia. It's likely that this is who it was. One way that we can probably even believe this, one thing that lends even more evidence to the fact that Demetrius led the church of Philadelphia, other than just the historical evidence that we have, is that John says in the text, he has a good report of all men and of the truth itself. His life aligns with the truth. He's got this commendation from other people, but his life aligns with the truth. And the truth that John is speaking of here is the gospel itself. He says, even if you don't want to take my word for it, look at the man. He reflects the gospel. And in the book of Revelation, we read of this minister of the Church of Philadelphia Reflecting the gospel. There's nothing bad said about the church at Philadelphia. There's nothing bad said about the minister of the church at Philadelphia. And it makes sense because if Demetrius was the one who was leading it, 
And he exemplifies the gospel itself. What are we going to say bad? If our life is an example of the gospel, there's no bad to be found. Go back. That which is good is of God. If our life is shown to align with the gospel, it's proof that God is doing something in us because that doesn't happen from us. We don't ooze the gospel. By ourselves. Do you know what oozes? Scabs, sores. You know what? That's not good stuff. It's bad things. We ooze bad things by ourselves. If you don't believe me, go ask Paul in the book of Galatians. He says the fruit of the flesh, the fruit that comes out of you are murders and adulteries and all kinds of bad things. But this man is having good fruit coming out of him. Where does Paul say that good fruit comes from? But the fruit of the Spirit. Capital S. Not the fruit of us. The fruit of the Spirit. So this man, if he aligns with the gospel, with the truth itself, as John is saying here, then he has the obvious evidence that the Spirit is at work in his life. For the gospel to commend someone means that that person's life conforms to its truth. What did John say about Gaius? Look back at verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, who I love in the truth. I love you in the gospel. This man who is walking in truth, this church, even in 2 John, who is walking in truth are people who are walking in a conformity to the gospel. To answer the question that we asked when we first looked at 2 John, what does it mean to walk in the truth? It means to have a life conformed with the gospel. How do we have a life conformed with the gospel? We look at the one who brought us the gospel and it is produced in us. John is giving us this example of a man who has a good report of all men who aligns with the gospel, and even John says is good. A good person to imitate. A good person to pattern yourself after. Why? Because Demetrius is patterned after the gospel. John isn't saying follow Demetrius because he's a good guy. Follow Demetrius because he is so spiritual. He says, if you want to see what the gospel looks like that I'm telling you to follow, look at Demetrius because he's following the gospel and this is what happened to him. We're not patterning ourselves after other people. We're not trying to look like and smell like and sound like and imitate other people. We can look at people. And there are people that even are sitting in this room that we can look at one another and say, look at what God is doing in this person's life. 
But what we are not to do is say, follow them because they're spiritual. We're saying, this is what can happen. This is what the Spirit does. This is an example of following the gospel. Don't follow them. Follow who they're following. This positive influence, this worthy example, this encouragement, and this inspiration that we are seeing in this man named Demetrius isn't coming from Demetrius. It's coming from the person that Demetrius is following. It's coming from the gospel that Demetrius is imitating. And the call to us is to follow and imitate that gospel rather than another person. This is a huge, huge contrast between Demetrius and Diotrephes. Diotrephes was not following the gospel. Demetrius was. John is showing both sides of the coin. He's showing what happens when you don't follow the gospel and what happens when you do. If we look around at others and if we look inside of ourselves, we can begin to see what happens with people who follow the gospel and with people who do not follow the gospel. If you want to know what happens if you don't follow the gospel, go to the podcast and listen to last week. Or better yet, read what John said in verse 9 and verse 10. If you want to know what following the gospel does produce, go read Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 12. John's call is for us to follow the gospel. Not unhealthy leadership. Not negative leadership. Not discord and division in the church. Not hindrance to the gospel but an amplification of the gospel that is shown through our love and our belief in Christ. John ends here by saying, I've got a lot of other stuff that I would love to tell you. Many things to write. But what John does here is he says, I'm not going to spend time to write these things because I'm sure I'm going to see you soon. I just wanted to let you know these things real quick before I get to you. And he closes out with this future hope of fellowship. Read verse number 14. But I trust to see you shortly that we may speak face to face. Peace be with thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Specifically, John says, peace be to thee. The peace that John is speaking of here is something that has already been promised to believers. If you remember, recently we've even talked about what public prayer means. When we are asking God for what he has already said he's going to do, in the hearing of those around us. So we encourage them that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. That's the value of public prayer. And in a few weeks, we'll be looking at that on Sunday mornings. The value of public prayer, the value of private prayer, a lot of other things. 
but he promises something that's already been promised to them. The peace that he refers to here is not some absence of conflict. Rather, it is God's already promised blessing that we have peace with him if we believe. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, we now have peace with God. That's the peace that John is saying. He's not necessarily saying, I hope there's no conflict. He is saying that peace of God that he's already promised, may it be with you. May you see God. And when you see God, may you understand this peace. I think there's a little bit even of anticipation with the Apostle John here. You know, John John is the one who wrote this book. He also wrote the book of Revelation. There's an, almost an anticipation in John's voice when he says, I trust I will shortly see you and we will speak face to face. Even if John never saw them in this period of time, he had a trust and a belief that there would be an eternal fellowship yes, right. with these people. Yes. Revelation chapter number 21, we read, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor shall there be any more pain, for the former things are past away there is a hope that we have for a future fellowship with those who believe that is one of the things that drives us to imitate the gospel that we may have a piece of here what we will experience and enjoy eternally when God dwells with them and they are his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. We have this anticipation of future fellowship that drives us forward. When we start to get weary in the work of God, weary, we start to get exhausted in imitating the gospel, when we don't have the, the mental bandwidth or the emotional strength to keep going. We've been promised a day when he's going to say, I've got this. We're done. I'm dwelling with you. I'm wiping all the tears from your eyes. There's no more pain, no crying. All the former things are passed away. It is difficult to bear one another's burdens. It is difficult to imitate the gospel because we still carry around with us this man of death. Paul said, who will free me from this? I am exhausted. I am tired. When I want to do good, evil's right there. When I don't want to do evil, I find myself doing those things. When we fail in doing good, when we fail in imitating the gospel, when we fail in following Christ, when we fail in seeing his work, we have the hope that one day it will be done. The former things will be passed away. We will be able to enjoy the fellowship and be able to enjoy 
being around one another with no sin. Sin is what damages our relationship. Every relationship there has ever been that has ever been damaged or hindered in any kind of way. It's because of sin. But there's coming a day when that will never hinder anything. And that eager awaiting that we have is where we find strength to continue in looking at Christ. Because of the promise that he's been given. John gives us here this peace. Be with you. Not only this peace be with you now, but look forward when the peace will be with you forever. John's letter here is short, but it's powerful and it's important and applicable for us today. Both directly and indirectly. <laughs> if we were to look at ourselves, do we find in us more of a Diotrephes or do we find in us more of a Demetrius? Well, if you're like me, most of the time when I look at myself, I see Diotrephes more than I see Demetrius. Nevertheless, though, the call is for us to imitate the gospel, to be seeking Christ and to be seeking others rather than to be selfishly seeking our own position, our own place, our own prestige, It's easy for us to sit and hear these things and think to, um, to ourselves. It's like, well, I'm not a leader. Nobody pays any attention to me. I even do that myself. I'm like, well, there's, on a good day, there's 40 people here. Nobody, there's, I, there's no impact that I'm making. But that's irrelevant. Because no matter who you are, God has put you somewhere to impact someone. If no one else is watching, the people that you know are watching you. If no one else is watching, the church that you're a part of is watching you. And if you take that all out, God's watching. God is looking at what you are doing. And the scriptures even tell us that he is excited when he sees in us what he is producing in us. <laughs> if we are a leader, even more so, don't get in our minds that we need to be first. Right. Reading for this, and there was a man named Joseph Parker who was a contemporary of Charles Spurgeon. He said about pride, he said, he said, okay, so there was a man, he's talking about this guy who oozed pride, this man did. He said about him, he said, here is a little contemptible person who stuffs their unworthy sack with shavings and sawdust to their own self-interest. Basically what he was saying, he's like, this person thinks they're great. They're, they've got this poor little broken sack and they're shoving sticks and dirt in it thinking that they're really accomplishing a lot. <laughs> That's what pride is. Yeah. We look at ourselves and think we're doing a great job when in reality, we're not. 
we're doing more harm than we are good. Everything that we read here, if we want to put it down again where the rubber meets the road, to quote Charles Spurgeon even, he said, be content to be nothing because that is what you are. When we understand who we really are, it will point us to the one who is. Don't let pride begin to sneak into your life. Don't let pride begin to lift you up. When you start to see that happening, understand what it is and point yourself again to Christ. Diotrephes is the type of man and the type of attitude that Paul said we need to crucify daily. It's the type of man and the type of attitude that is the death that we carry around with us. So may we look at Christ. May we follow Christ. May we imitate the gospel so that when others do see us, when we are doing the things that we do in the world on a daily basis, People don't call us Diotrephes, but they call us Demetrius. Not because Demetrius was anything great, but because Demetrius followed the gospel. May that ultimately what people see in us is someone who is following the gospel and exemplifying the gospel. Because when we do that, people won't look at us and lift us up. They'll see Christ in us. They'll see Christ first because we're just the mere reflection of what's already been done. Let's pray.